Hello and welcome to the Commotion Mobility Podcast, your, your weekly glimpse into the future of urban mobility. I'm your host, Greg Lindsay, Director of Strategy for LA Commotion, and I'm joined this week by Eduardo Javier Munoz, the CEO of EVShare, an incredibly ambitious nonprofit uh, revolutionizing urban mobility. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Eduardo. Uh, thank you very much for calling me in. Uh, well, My pleasure. Well, thank you. You're our first guest, and for those of you who are listening to this, you're our first guest to join us after this year's LA Commotion, and we'll get to that near the end of the podcast, some of your thoughts and reflections on that. Um, but first, I was hoping you could tell us a bit about, at length, about EV Share, because so I think my understanding of your starting point as a longtime executive in uh, mobility, and particularly sustainable, shareable mobility, is that we need to sort of reinvent the entire system. And so for those of you who are aware of EVShare, uh, it is an incredibly ambitious end-to-end solution involving renewables, artificial intelligence, blockchain, uh, an entire system in an effort to reinvent our mobility ecosystem uh, ahead of the sort of looming threat of climate change and, and the very short uh, time frame which we need to really decarbonize transport. So uh, so thank you for joining us, Eduardo. And I, I guess obviously as a first question for, you know, for our listeners, um, many of whom, like myself, were really Really sort of unaware of EVShare before LA Commotion, I was hoping you could talk a bit about, um, yeah, your inspiration for creating it based on your history, and then also, you know, I guess uh, start laying out how some of the pieces fit together. Yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, as, as a statement, uh, what EVShare does is empower you to share rides and, el- and energy, uh, saving time on the planet. That's like uh, a mantra we are, we have under under our command. So after I explain, you, I, I told you that. That sounds very nice. <laughs> I will tell you how we got here. Um, so we've been uh, we uh, we have a pre- a previous mentor. Uh, it's uh, called uh, Bravo Motor Company. It's a Arc Bravo Group uh, in our, in the U.S. Um, uh, that venture has uh, around 10 years uh, developing vehicles and electric vehicles for the ride sharing uh, industry. Um, six uh, since 2012, uh, we were selected by the Department of Commerce in Washington D.C. through the Select USA program. Uh, then uh, we chose uh, California as our homeland. Uh, then we were supported by Governor's Office uh, for Economic and Business Development, uh, Governor uh, Brown uh, <coughs> administration. Uh, we are still a client of uh, GoBiz. Um, we are incubated in the University of California, so we are uh, we are deep into California for a while. And uh, uh, yes, we we started developing uh, electric vehicles uh, specifically for uh, the ride sharing because we understood back in time we were talking about 2011 when it was too early maybe to talk about those stuff. Uh, that uh, the problem of traffic was going to be uh, worse and worse every day, and the problem of pollution uh, also. So now we have, uh, at the time, it was us uh, talking about uh, time loss in mega commutes uh, and how we were killing ourselves, uh, apart not only for the stress, but also for the air pollution we were generating. Uh, Today, it's easy to explain. You have uh, uh, reports from the UN, from the World Health Organization, saying uh, 10 million people die because of air pollution every year around the world. Um, and uh, the, uh, what, and that mega commutes uh, make us loss. Uh, for example, in LA area, 27 billion. 
wow. in in uh, uh, yeah yeah well that's that's the portion of the economy we lost because of not being efficient in how we move so uh, in a certain moment uh, you know uh, talking uh, with organizations and uh, governments and uh, corporations all around the world uh, we got to a conclusion two years ago around that uh, that if we don't work together technology companies uh, uh, that, that, that achieve or uh, that focus on different parts of the solution and we work together into an integrated solution uh, this was going to take too much time and we don't have the time because uh, UN just uh, st stated that we have 12 years to reduce uh, temperature of earth before uh, massive uh, deaths are produced by uh, climate change so uh, having this scenario around, uh, we started working with uh, technology companies, uh, integrating uh, their technologies into a solution. Uh, so we can go and talk with governments and, 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 uh, and, pro and people that have the problem of, uh, uh, of mobility and, and, and pollution and say, okay, this is the solution we find out all together. So in EVShare, we have uh, six CEOs, uh, with actually eight. Uh, CEOs uh, in the board committee, <laughs> so it's a uh, a lot of my of good minds, uh, a lot of, a lot of ego. So, but it's it's good. I mean, it's uh, you can't produce uh, innovation without ego. So, uh, having egos is good. Yeah, you're more of a consortium than a single company, right? It's a very interesting structure. Well, Evisure is a foundation. Yeah. So, and and it's and it's a foundation meant to be a. Uh, uh, community asset management foundation on behalf of people. So what we have here is uh, all these CEOs and their teams working to uh, actually provide a solution to people. Because at, this, at, the, at the end of the day, what we, what we figure out is if we need to change fast, we need to give the power to people, not to governments, not to bureaucratic structures, not to corporations. They move too slow. I mean, we, we, have, the, we have the Paris Agreement since 2015. And uh, how much changes have you seen? Not much. Well, let, let's take a right? step. Let's take a step back. You talk a bit about how the uh, the individual pieces how they fit together. Because again, you know, there's that there's that uh, the acronym now in mobility circles is ACES, right? Autonomous, connected, electric, shared. And I think most companies, as you mentioned, sort of you know, will will take a few pieces and hope that they can integrate them. You are trying to tackle all of them at once through the various uh, components of the foundation. So, can you talk a bit about each component and how they fit together and why they naturally fit together? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, we have uh, a blockchain. Uh, blockchain is a technology that allows us to have a transparent uh, governance uh, you know, structure in which we can ask people what they want, how they want it, uh, make decisions on how their money is invested. Um, and, uh, and being able to show transparently live how the management, the use, and, and the administration of the, of the resources are, which, which brings uh, trust. You know, and and trust. Uh, so you have a truth and tr and trust at the same time, uh, in, in in a very transparent environment. Uh, that, that was like the basis. Without that, you aren't able to make this happen. Um, uh, then we have we, we needed to find out how to uh, make these transactions automated and live, and that's where Space AI comes in. Uh, Diego Farolo uh, was recognized as one of the uh, most influential persons in aerospace, uh, together with Elon Max, Peter Diamandis, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, we have a, a think tank around barbecues, Argentina barbecues in, in NASA, Ames Research Center. <laughs> it's a very private thing. 
um, and uh, and uh, well, there's a, a lot of people who who doesn't love Argentinian barbecues. I, I haven't met well unless you are vegan or vegetarian, uh, but we have also options for them. <laughs> but uh, uh, this, it's a good uh, it's a good way of calling people in. So we we have discussions around, since twenty late twenty fourteen about uh, you know all the problems around uh, this area of sustainability and and been discussing this stuff and um, uh, with a lot of people from all around the world actually uh, around Singularity University generally. Um, so uh, with Diego, uh, we've been working together for more than four years and. And uh, the development he's made on, on his side is, is amazing. Uh, we actually have uh, a satellite uh, technology uh, communication node that we can install in each uh, home, solar installation, uh, energy storage system, vehicle, and connect that with people through cell phones. Uh, so this uh, technology, uh, which allows us to be all connected live in a proper, in a in our own uh, community-owned uh, network uh, on blockchain, uh, gives us uh, you know the ecosystem and the integration uh, of the real IoT. So you've heard about it, a lot about Internet of Things. Uh, we are now uh, actually building it. It's a different network. Okay, so just so I just so I understand, so it's sort of a combination that EV Share is. It's a combination, you know, sort of home solar renewables, which then feeds into electric shared vehicles, which then uses blockchain as a way of, of basically awarding credits and uh, and then also sort of um, yeah, and then basically sort of paying out your your use of mobility. So it's a sort of you're trying to, and then with AI to help sort of manage the load. So you're sort of the integrated, you know, energy mobility uh, shared stack that people have been trying to create. Is that an accurate understanding of it? Yeah, and there are and there are reasons for the complexity of the ecosystem, right? Uh -huh. um, uh, so if we want renewable energy to be massive in our cities, we need energy storage. Uh, stationary energy storage is too expensive, so you need uh, to give more uses to it, and that's what electric vehicles gives us. You know, electric gives uh, electric vehicles are basically uh, energy storage systems on wheels. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you have a collaborative, uh, you know, uh, moving charging stations, energy storage systems uh, on artificial intelligence, you bring efficiency to the whole system. That brings emissions down, costs down, and mainly because uh, of the integration of this and being a community-owned asset uh, brings all the, the overall cost down of the, of the infrastructure. Um, uh, I, I know it, it sounds really complex. It is complex. It took us a lot of time of a lot of very smart people. Uh, but we uh, prove in LA Commotion that it works. We are connecting solar arrays with energy storage systems, with vehicles and people, and uh, registering those those transactions uh, live uh, on blockchain. I say, well, we do aspire to be a, a living testbed then for these kinds of solutions. But I'm curious, you know, I mean, given the fact that, you know, I mean, one of the one of the potential advantages of blockchain is this decentralization, obviously. Um, you know, yeah. What, what sort of do you think the natural scale for this? Is this something uh, that, you know, that's going to scale up from the bottom at, at a community level? I mean, I've talked to a lot of, for example, a lot of, um, you know, home energy storage solutions like Sonnen in Germany, where they're where they're creating almost, you know, suburban um, they call it micro power plants, right? Where you can bring it together at the neighborhood level, and and you know Brooklyn uh, has a famous sort of microgrid there as well. Um, so I'm curious, like, what levels have you tested in? What do you think is sort of the optimum well, uh, role? So, 
Sony is actually working with us on this demo. Well, so, there we go. All right. Well, Christoph, I've talked to Christoph about this, the CEO. Yeah. We're we're uh, we are using uh, we're using uh, uh, our technology to read uh, from their energy storage systems and their connectivity with the IoT inside the house, and connected that with the street. So basically, with the whole community. Uh, because what, what happens uh, mainly in the energy sector is that in, cer in certain moments of the day, you're wasting energy, you're throwing it away. Um, so what we do is uh, send our uh, vehicles that are, that, that are because that, 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 those type of waste are generally out of rush hour or moving people back and forth from their jobs. So those vehicles are underutilized uh, in between those, those, those rush hours. Uh, also, the the energy storage systems on wheels that we created to be the charging stations. So we can always send uh, uh, batteries on wheels that can collect that energy that is being wasted in that community and move it to where it's needed in the peak time, or return it to be, to to the homes uh, later at night when it's peak time for homes. Um, so the integration of all this uh, it's something that we uh, we need to we need to do. I mean, I, I, if you go on and and look in internet, uh, you will find out that a lot of people are saying that this is the way to go. Uh, I highly recommend you to read uh, books from Jeremy Rifkin oh, yes. uh, about uh, about what, if you uh, if you want to see my uh, my picture and my WhatsApp is uh, me and Jeremy Rifkin. Uh, well, so the amazing thing about Jeremy that we started doing this without knowing what he wrote long time ago, and then we we read the book and it was like, well, we're connected somehow. Then uh, he spoke at the uh, opening of the Open Space Network, one foundation that is a collaborative uh, satellite network. And uh, it was amazing to talk with him and, and, and see that uh, we were making that we, what he writes needs to be done. Uh, for those of you listening who do miss the reference, Jeremy Rifkin is a, a, um, uh, a British uh, thinker, foresight expert, sort of thinking about sort of, uh, you know, what the WAF would call the fourth industrial revolution and think, thinking about these sort of alternate modes of, of uh, living in a world of abundance and how we can sort of reprogram the economy that way. Well, I was thinking, so, so you don't even need to be Rifkin, by the way. I'm just, just focusing on the energy component for a second. I mean, I remember reading research notes by Morgan Stanley about their valuations for Tesla, arguing that Tesla would follow exactly the vision you've just described, that basically a world of electric, electric vehicles is a world of rolling packet-switched energy on demand. The question I have for you is that I always wondered about those notes is, is um, you know, what's the energy efficiency of that? I mean, you're still pushing atoms through space to move those batteries on wheels around. I mean, is that, um, and again, sort of, you know, yeah, how much, how much energy, what's the efficiency of basically moving those batteries and packet switching them physically versus just simply, you know, doing that through the grid as it exists today? Well, uh, the grid doesn't have the ability of storing energy. That, that makes uh, the smart grid impossible. Yes, basically. they're working just on for that. A, just, for a, <clears throat> just for a start. Uh, then moving, you don't move uh, hundreds of miles, you move miles. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever the energy you can move, uh, it's sufficient in terms of what that energy was going to be lost anyway. So, uh, and, and also, <clears throat> I don't know how, if you know that, but uh, from the generation of energy uh, until the energy we use, uh, like maybe 2% goes to the lights in your house. Yes. Uh, the, the, the loss of, er of energy in our actual system is really awful, very bad. Um, so enhancing local energy uh, makes total sense. Yes. Well, this is why the Edison Institute, which represents a lot of utilities, has referred to the potential death spiral as people cord cut uh, for such systems. So, well, th this type this type of system will cut their cost. Yeah. I mean, peak, peak, uh, peak, peak hours for them is highly expensive. 
you know, and uh, they can solve it. If we can store local energy and inject it in the peak times, they will reduce the emissions on because that's thermal, 100% on the peaks. And uh, and we and we can make the, the overall system more efficient. I, I think that the California state has regulations uh, that uh, transforms utilities in actually uh, just uh, technology companies focusing on uh, the maintenance and the modernization of the cable, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure. Yeah. And uh, the the raise of the community choice aggregations, uh, it's good because of the uh, de- uh, of the uh, regionalization and make, making decisions closer to the to the uh, to the consumer. Actually, the problem we have now is we need to digitalize that because if not, it's going to be as uh, uh, inefficient as, as it was in the past. And that's what we are proposing. You know, helping. CCAs to digitalize their processes uh, through a EVShare platform yeah. and integrate that with the transportation and uh, by doing that, uh, reducing our emissions by taking uh, individual personal vehicles uh, out of the street. Yeah, this is a perfect moment. I was about to say we've dwelt a lot on the energy so far, so let's switch over to the mobility and personal mobility standpoint at this point. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, all the OEMs are investing heavily in, in electric vehicles. Volkswagen just announced, I think they're going to spend $50 billion. Uh, they think it will be the capital expense for EV and AV transition. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what, what sort of vehicles have you identified as sort of the perfect vehicles for this? We've seen a few experiments in creating, you know, uh, Moya which is out of the Volkswagen Group, was a, was a partner of ours at LA Commotion, and they're working on a sort of uh, customized design for an electric ride-sharing vehicle. So I'm curious, what do you think is the optimal size for this, given the environments you want to work in? And, and uh, yeah, the, you know, there's sort of thoughts on the battery tech as well. I'm, I'm curious what your approach is, you know, designing in the system. What does the sort of ideal shared electric autonomous vehicle look like to you? Yeah, there's there's not one vehicle for the ride-sharing industry. You know, it's a, it's a constellation of different vehicles needed. So in our case, uh, for the last mile, there's a lot of commuters. There's, there was a lot of, we introduced the, uh, what, what uh, for us was the road on as a two-seater, and that was back in 2011. Uh, but then, uh, being in California and studying what the real problem was, we, we understood that that vehicle won't solve it. Uh, because, um, you know, a two-seater, even, even if uh, 95% of our vehicles has only one person inside, which is, Crazy. Uh, that won't stop. That won't prevent. Even if we transform that all all those vehicles into electric, we still will have uh, mega commutes, uh, loss of time, and be uh, very little uh, efficient. So we started uh, working on a vehicle that will reduce that uh, flow of vehicles from satellite cities to the big cities. Yeah. And uh, and that is more related to a van. So we created the Vet One Vample, uh, which is a seven to fourteen seat uh, van. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, re- the reason of uh, this uh, size is uh, first because uh, uh, it, it makes it easier to match uh, users with vehicles in terms of uh, managing a uh, quantity of people. First, uh, second, because it's much more efficient uh, to, to, to move through cities uh, in terms that bigger vehicles are less flexible. So if you, if you have a very big vehicle, it will help you in rush hours, but it will be highly efficient the rest of the day. Um, and uh, and third, uh, it's about regulations. As uh, you need to have more than seven seats to be a van pool uh, vehicle in California and qualify for the grants and the incentives. Yeah. And you need you need you need to have fourteen seats or less, so anybody can drive the vehicle, and not a professional driver. Um, 
So uh, we focus on that, on, on reducing uh, flow of traffic from uh, satellite cities uh, to big cities, uh, like, for example, any uh, Lancaster to downtown LA or uh, any connection between uh, Orange County and, and, and LA or, uh, or the, the huge mega commute you have in the Bay Area uh, between Central Valley and Silicon Valley. Yeah, which is you know huge in that regard. Well, I, I'm curious too. Uh, you know, when it comes to when it comes to the shared part of it, I mean, and this sort of thing, right? I mean, Uber, Uberpool, and and Lyft Line, you know, various companies, and and Via and others uh, are are trying to work on this. And of course, you know, there's and I'm curious about how blockchain plays into this uh, because you know, I mean, there, there's a there's several problems of matching, right? How do you build develop the algorithms that can basically optimize that flow? And then there's also sort of the consumer behavior part, right? I mean, the Moya folks, for example, at Volkswagen say they're designing a vehicle for sharing for people who don't like sharing. So I'm curious with blockchain too. Can you, you know, have you built a whole system that can incentivize people that can, um, you know, well, offer that's pre- that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much one of the big differences. Uh, uh-huh. You're talking about companies uh, making money or seeking profit, uh, <laughs> true, yeah. as much as they can on moving people. Uh, we are a foundation uh, creating fleets to move people uh, with the less quantity of vehicles and the less cost and the less emission as possible, but on behalf of their uh, better user experience. Yeah. Um, and uh, at cost basis. I mean, we are, we are a foundation. We don't make money. Uh, this is about solving the problem, not making money with the problem, uh, at least not in a way uh, uh, these companies are trying to do. Yeah. Um, uh, on the other hand, uh, when you see in the, the ride-sharing industry, uh, you'll see a lot of companies uh, creating uh, you know, a flow of, of traffic in their platforms. It's it's much it's much more than just the lower cost. It's uh, it's uh, uh, making the whole system uh, more efficient. Uh, and uh, we be, we have a philosophy thing there. It's uh, we believe transportation uh, and energy should be like uh, human rights. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and the only way of doing this in a collaborative, efficient way is through blockchain and through the community-driven uh, decision taking. But I was going back to the second half of my question, which is, you know, have, you, have you found using blockchain and AI then in your, in your work, um, you know, any particular insights about, again, sort of the, some of the matching problems and then also some of the incentivization problems, you know, both, both your back end and the front end interface with a consumer to allow you know, the, the easy payments, the back and forth of this so that they understand their credits and debits. Um, any, any particular insights there with that? Because, you know, there's been a lot of theoretical stuff, for example, around creating, you know, a, a uh, a mobility distributed autonomous organization, a DAO for those of you who are blockchainophiles, um, mm-hmm. that, that, that would do this automatically and push the cost down even lower. And I'm wondering if that's sort of the end game as well to create, you know, a sort of autonomous DAO or an auto DAO, I should say. Um, yes, that's the total objective of VBShare. Okay. Uh, so when, when we talk about uh, electric sh- connected, uh, you know, shared uh, driverless vehicles or autonomous vehicles, uh, we're talking about uh, that's the end game. So, <clears throat> but there's a process to go through that. Uh, right now, we're talking about electric and shared uh, and connected. Uh, the autonomous part will come uh, with the growth of uh, the technology, with the in- increase of uh, efficiency on the technology side uh, and also on the regulatory side. Um, but we can start, uh, you know, uh, creating the uh, electric shared connected uh, network. Uh, to and wait for the highly efficient uh, autonomous side lately. 
Fascinating. Yeah, I've always been I've, of all the blockchain related things that the DAO concept of the notion of you know the of the the blind watchmaker, you know, the system that can regulate itself and run itself, uh, is always been the most fascinating. Well, it's it's not it's not that it regulates itself, but, and, uh, but it is uh, that uh, ask uh, people, which are our sensors, you know, the 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 uh, the, the, uh, the sensors that uh, measures uh, reality and and on uh, the service and what can be improved is people. At the end of the game, it's a, it's a people centric uh, thing, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, things aren't sustainable until people feels better with them, or or it's uh, less costly. Um, so at the end of the game, is uh, everybody everybody uh, needs to be, uh, or not everybody, but the majority needs to be comfortable and happy with uh, what you propose, and that's uh, why we uh, we have this uh, governance feature and on blockchain, and uh, every, anybody that is a participant of the community can uh, give their vote. Uh, rather, what uh, what is the growth fee they will pay over cost? Uh, how this uh, growth fee will be invested? <clears throat> which routes to serve? Which times? Uh, how uh, how to uh, expand uh, the uh, uh, the service in their community, or if, or if they will to uh, contribute to create infrastructure in communities that doesn't have uh, still uh, the service or the money to uh, create the infrastructure. So it's a, it's basically a digitalized uh, democratization of the sector. Yeah, very cool. Well, we're turning turning briefly. We only have a few minutes left, so let's turn briefly from the future to the past. Um, again, as I mentioned at the top of the top of the show, uh, you, you know, LA Commotion was last week at the time we're recording this, and I would love to hear your thoughts, Eduardo. Someone who joined us, I'm curious, you know, from from your perspective, uh, you know, again, all these uh, uh, partners, participants working at pieces of this. I'm curious, you know, what you found to be the most exciting part of LA Commotion and where you think the conversation was lacking, I guess. Well, in our, in our cases, it was like a, a, the event to show uh, the world what we accomplished. So, it, it, and it's at home because we are uh, in Lazy, uh, in Los Angeles Clinic Incubator. So for us, it was uh, really interesting that uh, we were able to show what we uh, did uh, at home or almost. Yeah. Um, about the Lake Emotion, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the job that uh, uh, New Cities is doing uh, is totally aligned with what we do. So uh, in, in terms of philosophical uh, thinking, it's, it's uh, very related to what we uh, want to do. And it's uh, uh, like a symbiotic uh, uh, relationship. Um, uh, having in LA, uh, you know, the cities where stories are told, uh, a mobility lab where we can show what the future of mobility uh, should, look, should look like is great. Uh, and and then about the event itself, uh, I mean, maybe it was a pity that we didn't have enough communication to, to get it uh, to more people. Um, but, uh, but it was great. I mean, it was great about having uh, all these discussions around uh, mobility and the future of mobility. Um, uh, maybe I would I would have liked uh, on our side uh, to to be able to have more discussions with uh, community driven organizations and hear more what the what the problem uh, is about and uh, how we can uh, start thinking about solutions in a collaborative way. But um, I know how shows are. We know we you need sponsors. It's <laughs> good uh, that people were able to to come and, and talk about what what they are doing is and. Uh, at the end of the day, is uh, LA City uh, promoting uh, sustainable mobility uh, and showing to the world that uh, is it possible? 
Well, that I would say that is a great note, and it is one of the things as well as in my work with LA Commotion is is uh, yeah, the more work we can do to uh, really sort of engage with the community and and really do more ethnography in terms of what they need for mobility because it's great we have this you know and this comes back to we have this tremendous revolution in the supply of mobility, new forms, new companies, uh, you know, all these sorts of things, but. Um, you know, as always, it'd be great to do, we could always do more research and understanding the needs and wants as they exist today and sort of how we can match make those. So that is a great agenda item for next year. Um, so thank you so much, Eduardo, yeah, for joining I will, us. I will, I, will, I will like more interaction with Metro, for example. You know, they they uh, telling us uh, what the future of the mass uh, transportation systems they are deploying and, and what the usage has been or how we can help them be more efficient and the overall system more be more efficient. Well, and that's um, and that's what our event's for here. I mean, having them there and having Joshua Shank and having those folks, uh, it's a conversation that we're uh, definitely going to try to uh, encourage going forward. Particularly, you know, uh, moving LA Commotion beyond uh, a once a year event into into more regular uh, communications like this podcast. So, uh, so with that, I have to I have to cut you off. We're out of time for this for, and trying our listeners' patience. But thank you so much, Eduardo, for joining us. Uh, and for those of you listening, yeah, if you are in Los Angeles, uh, uh, EV shares at the Los Angeles Clean Tech Incubator, one of our are great venues for this where there's so many great startups and uh, and foundations working to change the future of urban mobility so uh, thank you so much for joining us yes please get in touch with us uh, follow our social media and uh, any question any consideration we're here to, to help great all right well thank you all for listening and we will be back next week with more from the promotion mobility podcast thank you so much <laughs> <laughs>